0: Previously on Wolf Inspiration. I'm really, after all these years, just really starting to say like, well, dang, I am a writer. <laughs> you know, I am getting a couple dollars now from, you yeah. know, doing this thing. It you is know, really and, starting to pay off now. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So, you know, um, that, that would be, you know, that would be my advice. And then also to ask yourself, are you in it for the fame or the money or just for the passion?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, And I know that we all would like to get um, rewarded for the things that we do, but... This is Wove Inspiration. Here to inspire, encourage, and uplift. Hello, this is Tanika Drake from God's Gift through his word, you are tuned in to Miss Althea Richardson on the Wove Inspiration channel, where you will get all your encouragement. I've originally written a book titled The Gift of Finding God's Love, Guilt and Shame Turned into My Side. That is all about domestic violence and also God's love. So if you know anyone going through domestic violence, abuse, or a toxic situation, please share this book. Purchase it for yourself and get another copy for someone else who could utilize it. Once again, you're tuned into the Wove Inspiration Station with Miss Althea Richardson. Take care. Be blessed. Well, good morning and thank you for tuning in to Wove Inspiration's Monday Morning Motivation. I am your host, Althea Richardson. And today I have a very, very special guest on my show. He is a ventriloquist, and he has been doing it for over 45 years. And his first exposure to ventriloquism was in a church in 1969 at the age of five years old. So it is an honor and a privilege. And I I was blessed to see this man perform live, and it was phenomenal. So I am so honored to introduce to my listening audience, Mr. Phil Nichols. Welcome to the show, Phil.
2: Well, it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So I I was going to talk about the fact that you, um, when you actually first started doing ventriloquism at the age of five, um, you uh, were... Uh, Asked to perform with a ventriloquist um, that was there, that was trying to raise money, and um, he made his dummy speak to you, and you respond. You told basically told the dummy to shut up. (laughs) That's exactly what I did. I don't
2: remember it clearly, but my mother tells me I said "shut up, dummy," and uh, and it brought down the house. You know, everybody in the congregation really enjoyed that. His name was Harvey Wadlow, and he was a missionary. This would have been 69, okay. and he was going to go a mission in Africa and Papua New Guinea. Um, and um, we heard later in the mid-70s that they, at, at some point, were he and his wife were captured by cannibals. Oh, wow. And he used, he used ventriloquism to make the cannibals uh, let him go. Uh, and uh, so it's a very powerful tool to have, but, uh, yeah, he, 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 uh, went to mission to the savages down there. Uh, I think it was in New Guinea that, that he got captured because okay. uh, that was in the seventies. That was really uncharted territory.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. So you've been in this business for quite a long time. Get, give me a, um, just a brief story on how you, I know you started at the, or you got interested in doing that at the age of five, but how did it go from there?
2: Well, uh, you know, Howdy Doody was on TV at the time too. The first, the first Howdy Doody yeah. and Sherry Lewis had specials and Paul Winchell had TV shows. Uh, so, I mean, it was all around us back then on television. And of course, Edgar Bergen, um, had movies that were always being shown on TV and, um, my my father had moved to Texas. This is when we were still in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And my mother worked nights for um, an electrical uh, parts company um, making parts for machinery and stuff. So I was pretty much raised during the day by my grandmother, and my great uncle, okay. and they were depression era uh, folks. And they grew up on Edgar Bergen. So they were always telling me about what Edgar and Charlie did. And then then I would see the movie. So it was just all around me at the time. And then we moved to Texas in 1972. My father got a job during that oil boom, and we moved down here. And for Christmas that year, I got – my mom saw a dummy, and she knew that I liked ventriloquism. I got my first dummy, and that was it. It had was, just been building upon that.
0: Wow, that that's amazing. Now, did you actually make contact with um Edgar? I
2: did, I did. And that that's a story. Um, I was visiting my grandmother. We would always go back to Illinois for the summers because they were cooler summers up there.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: there was the county fair. Uh and uh we'd gone to the county fair and they had a ventriloquist performing there named Bob Trent and his characters was uh, a talking crow named Roscoe and a talking hen named uh, Lucy Leghorn.
1: Okay. and We'd
2: seen him, and, and he, uh, I took my dummy with me, as a child will do, and he put me in his show, and, and that just stuck with me. And then when we came home from the fair, NBC was showing You Can't Cheat an Honest Man, which is an Edgar Bergen and W.C. Fields movie. Wow. And I decided I was going to write Edgar Bergen a fan letter. So I wrote him a fan letter and to, uh, you know told him uh, how much I, I liked him and Charlie. Mm-hmm. I must have been 11 or 12, you know, not very old. And um, my sister drew, she was a, an artist. Uh, she drew a layout kind of floor plan for Charlie McCarthy's apartment. Mm-hmm. And we invited Edgar Bergen to come to Texas for some barbecue. And we sent the, we didn't have his address. We just uh, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, addressed it to Edgar Bergen in Hollywood. And <laughs> okay. uh, when uh, we got back to Texas, this would have been oh, late July, early August, we sent it off. When we got back to Texas at the end of August, there was a big package waiting for me from Edgar Bergen. And he he'd sent me a copy of his album, How to Do Ventriloquism, and and a signed photograph for my sister and I. And um, he he said, you know, feel free to write me if you have any questions. Uh, Sadly, he passed away that September, September Mm -hmm. 30th, 1978. Uh, But I learned the fundamentals of what I do from that album and from, from watching Edgar Bergen. So I learned from Edgar Bergen.
0: That is amazing. And for those that um, are not very familiar with Mr. Bergen, he also has a daughter that is uh, Candice Bergen. And if you don't know her, if you haven't seen Murphy Brown or Miss uh, Congiality, check those out. I used to watch Murphy Brown. So when I I looked up the the name, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Candice. Okay, so that's cool. That's just a little tidbit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? She looks an awful lot like her dad now, oh, um, you wow. know, as I remember him because he was he was he was in his 70s when, when I made contact with him mm-hmm. and her comic timing she got from him. That's why she's so funny. Yeah. She's got his comic timing and she's just brilliant
0: wow wow so you have also been on many tv shows um you did keys media's kids uh keys for kiddos and i think that was with um our friend buddy uh the, is that correct that's right that's right yeah. um uh, i jo-
2: i joined that show in its second season and i was on it the second third and fourth seasons uh as the ventriloquist and um uh, it, I, I love Buddy. It was just, he gave me that great opportunity, and it was just yeah. wonderful. Of course, you know, TV is pretty hectic. Every week, you got to come up with a new bit, but yeah. uh, we had a lot of fun doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. And you also made a cameo on season 13's America's Got Talent. What was that like? Well, um, America's Got Talent contacted me right after
2: uh, the pre- recent presidential election we had. Okay. Um, and they asked me, would I be interested in auditioning and becoming a candidate to be on the show?
1: Okay.
2: And I thought, well, why not? You know, um, take my, my characters nationwide. And, you know, I knew how TV worked. So, there, you know, it wasn't going to be any big surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was working with their producers for about two years. And finally, I got on um, for like two two and a half minute cameo and um but that still counts <laughs> oh yeah and, absolutely um, um yeah it, it wasn't just part of a montage um I'm actually doing ventriloquism on it so um mm. so that that that's as far as I've gotten so far but they're still talking with me about uh upcoming seasons uh possibly getting in the competition as well
0: Awesome. Okay. Now, was season 13 was that the one with Darcy Farmer? Is it?
2: No. No, that season one. 13 is the one that just aired.
0: Oh, okay. 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 So that was, let me see, Darcy Darcy was, was season 12. Season 12. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she was awesome too. That oh, wow. For well, so you know. Uh Darcy was
2: a singer. And was yeah. one of those, those, those pageant kids that could belt out a song mm-hmm. and that was, that was her talent, but she wasn't getting very far with the pageant
1: mm-hmm. and
2: they decided she needed a hook and she took up ventriloquism and well, the rest is history, as they yeah, say.
0: Definitely. That is
2: amazing. Uh, it is. And, uh, ventriloquism is Pretty easy for singers to pick up because the mechanics of singing and the mechanics of ventriloquism are pretty, pretty similar Mm -hmm. um, in in the way your anatomy works.
0: Okay. Okay. So what do you do to keep yourself motivated in doing this? I mean, you've been doing it for quite a long time. So how, how are you keeping yourself motivated in doing this in different events and everything?
2: Well, I always, um, I practice every day. You have to, when, when you get to be my age, um, things start to slip and, uh, to keep, keep my lips tight and the technique good, you have to practice every day. And as I'm practicing, I will, uh, ad lib with myself and, and come up with new, uh, jokes, new, uh, routines, even new voices that become new characters mm-hmm. that I think I can market. Um, uh, since since the America's Got Talent cameo, a lot lot of markets opened up for me. Okay. I'm now the king's ventriloquist at the Texas Renaissance Festival, and that that is going extremely well.
0: Okay, okay. And you're also going to be the queen's ventriloquist at the uh, Dickens on the Strand in Galveston, Texas this year.
2: I am, I am, and that's the week right after the Renaissance Festival closes. And I'm building a couple of new puppets for that and working up a whole new script that is based on the Christmas Carol uh, that they've specifically asked for.
0: Wow, that's awesome, man. So what suggestions do you have for those who who are struggling to get their dreams off the ground because of naysayers or, you know, whatever? What What would you suggest to those individuals?
2: Well, don't listen to the naysayers. Yeah. Um, you've got to block that stuff out because uh, there's always somebody going to tell you no. And uh, the people that are telling you no really don't have much self confidence in themselves, so they would they prefer to knock people down than to build themselves up. And you just have to stick to your path and use the talents and gifts God gave you. He gave those to you, and he, and that's part of His plan for you. So you stick to that, and and uh, just, just keep going. No matter how how thick the wall you're busting through is, sooner or later you're going to bust through it.
0: Amen, amen. And you've, I've, you know, you indicated on your bio that you know, um, your faith in God and your Son Jesus Christ is very important to you. And I believe that that's what's kept you going all this time. Oh,
2: I believe that too. <laughs> I really do because. Uh, Doing ventriloquism is not an easy thing. It's Mm -hmm. really not because there's so many people that want to mock you for it or whatever, make fun of you. Mm -hmm. But if you're really good, it just makes them look a lot more foolish for mocking you when you're really good at what you do.
0: Yeah. Especially with the way that um, when you were um, performing at the birthday party, how you were able to throw voices and stuff, even to, of course a fake phone but it it sounded as if you the the voice was actually coming out of the phone that was so cool
2: thank you now that particular voice is very advanced and it took me close to 20 years to perfect being able to slip in and out of that voice and carry on that three-way conversation without straining my voice and hurting my throat
1: yeah because there's
2: a lot of a lot of technique where you have to put pressure on your throat and put the voice in your sinuses and things like that. And it, it, you're using your, your vocal cavities as a, as an instrument and you have to learn how to play them. And sometimes it just takes a long time to master it.
0: Mm-hmm. And so in addition to you being a master ventriloquist, you're also a magician. How, how did you do that as a combination of the two?
2: Well, uh Magic is a recent addition. I added it uh about five years ago and I studied with some of the good magicians, the top magicians in the country, Jeff McBride, uh Pop Hayden, who is the vice president of the Magic Castle in Hollywood. And they I've I've studied with them on some of the classics of magic because uh people oftentimes will want to hire a magician over a ventriloquist and I needed to make a living. Mm -hmm. So even though my show is mostly ventriloquism, if I've got five good solid magic tricks in it, they think they've seen something really amazing and, and, and then I can get more gigs out of it. So that, that's how that evolved. I just needed to make some money.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. And so you are also, you did special effects for over 27 years, man, you are real busy. Wow.
2: Well, I got to pay the bills. Um, (laughs) What, I had aptitude for sculpting uh, since I was in kindergarten. I won my first blue ribbon for sculpting when I was in kindergarten. And um, and that's where special effects uh, prosthetics and masks started was with sculpture. And in 1990, my father died after a long battle with lung cancer and I had to take care of my mom and sister and drop out of college. And the only thing I could do really was sculpt. So I got jobs sculpting and that led to work on movies and plays and TV shows. And that's what I did and um, did a really good living at it. Even designed uh, my own line of Halloween makeup kits and stuff. But um, in about 2015, I got um, a lot of uh, allergies and toxic shock stuff from the years of exposure in the workshops and stuff. And I had to retire from that. Luckily, ventriloquism was waiting for me,
0: so yeah, so I'm but, back
2: doing and and I use those uh, those special effects techniques uh, in building my puppets because I build all my own puppets. So okay. I I'm still in it, uh, but it's um, a more ancient form of special effects than than what's done now.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they use a lot of digital stuff too. So
2: right. And there's no digital animation in ventriloquism. It's all you, live and in person.
0: Yes, sir. It, what What some of the movies and um, TV shows did you do the special effects for? I, see. I,
2: I worked on um, a film that was shot here in 1992 about the founding of Rice University called The Trust, about the okay. murder of William Marsh Rice. Uh, then after that, in 94, a film that was shot here in Houston was Jason's Lyric. I did the, oh. the prosthetics for that. If you've seen it, the scene where Forrest Whitaker's playing the amputee, that yeah. was my work. I built, I built the leg stump and the, the fake prosthetic leg and also the scarring on him. And then all the, the blood and gore from the gang violence and things right. like that. Uh, so I handled all of that. Um, worked on the second Ace Ventura film. Uh, there was a movie that was shot here called Arlington road with Jeff Bridges about domestic terrorism. And I did all the carnage for that.
1: Um,
2: and then just a lot of little local things, um, did, did, a um, uh, something on deep space nine when I went out to visit friends, just, you know, not enough to even take credit for anything, but I visited Mm -hmm. the set and uh, had my hand in the mix and things like that. Um, and I had studied that particular art with dick smith who was the oscar winning makeup artist who uh did the exorcist the original exorcist and the godfather films and the age makeup and amadeus and little big man so he was was my mentor with all of that
0: okay that's cool well i I, figure if you're going to learn you need to learn from the best and then it's all up to you (laughs) <laughs> that is pretty cool. So where, where do you see yourself, let's say five years from now with uh, ventriloquism, you want to continue doing it or? Oh, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm having great success at the Renaissance festival and there are Renaissance fairs all over the world. So yes. I, I, my, my goal is to be able to just travel from city to city country to country in the season doing shows um as I'll, as much as I want to um because mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty decent living and then in between that maybe get a tv gig or a movie uh, i had written a play okay. called murder for dummies uh We did it as a fundraiser for a theater that 's no longer with us but it, it's it 's a nineteen thirties comedy thriller thing about uh you know the uh the garden party and a storm hits, and somebody gets murdered, and the ventriloquist is invited to entertain but instead of being the killer, as is the normal case, mm-hmm. he winds up solving the crime oh, um wow uh, what, so so and it it was well received it's been published and everything and i'd like to mount a production of that maybe uh make a movie of it or something like that okay. um but yeah a ventriloquism is actually coming back uh, into the mainstream of america you see you see it more and more in fact i was watching a television show last night called the kids are all right and it's set in the 1970s and the little boy is a ventriloquist so i was wow. like hey that's cool so you know it's coming coming back into the into the uh psyche of uh of the american populace again which is wonderful
0: absolutely so um i I had already mentioned the um the fact that you're going to be in uh galveston this season at the dickinson's on the strand in galveston texas um are there any other projects or events that you're going to be attending
2: uh, nothing concrete. Okay. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's things I'm talking with people about doing. Unfortunately, a lot of them want to book me on the same day and I'm already booked. Oh, um, wow. so you know, uh, that, that, that's, that's always the, the hard thing for me is having to turn somebody down yeah. because I'm already booked. Yeah. Um, Oh, and the other thing I found out I'm nominated for a uh, regional ventriloquist of the year.
1: Oh, from the International awesome.
2: Ventriloquist Society.
1: Awesome. So, uh, awesome.
2: Uh, That's pretty darn good.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's big time for real.
2: <laughs> that is awesome. That's Pretty that, good. You got
0: my vote for real. That I, I was. Well, like, thank yes, you. Vote. yes. Absolutely. Yeah, it
2: is open to the public. So, uh, you know, if 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 everybody would vote for me, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, the Southwest region. Uh, They've lumped Texas in with New Mexico and Arizona and stuff, and I don't know why they did that. We should have our own region because we're big enough. Oh,
0: yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And so what but, my plan um, is i'm gonna um I'm gonna share that link and also um a lot of the videos that you have on YouTube, but definitely I've tried to find the video that I did that day, and I for whatever reason I can't find it now, but uh-huh. um, there are plenty of videos on YouTube and and everything and I will also be sharing um your link um your main link that has all of the information about you and um, the shows that you've done and the the different characters. It has information on the characters and everything. So you guys really need to check this guy out. I'm telling you. Well, thank you. I I saw him with my own eyes and I was just blown away. I'm telling you.
2: there's uh, whether it's me or somebody else, there's just something really neato cool about watching a ventriloquist perform live.
1: Yeah. Because
2: you, you for, you forget that it's that one guy, it, it becomes two, whatever, uh, uh, people, persons, whatever, uh, talking. Uh, and that, that's the magic of it. That's, that, that uh, magicians. Uh, they fool you, but, but ventriloquists fool you by doing an illusion of life. Yeah. And, um, and I, and I really enjoy that
0: definitely and so if you guys want to check out his website he is at com. and like i said you'll right. be able to see everything that he has done you'll be able to get all the the his uh characters and and everyone that he uses in his show and my favorite was the bunny his name was
2: Molasses. Yes. I really Oh, prefer- Molasses. <laughs> He's my little slow friend. Yes. He he is a lot of fun. Um and uh the kids don't really they enjoy him, but they don't get the humor. It's the adults that get the humor with, yeah. with him because because we've all, we all have a relative like that. So
1: <laughs> Oh, That's yeah.
2: just <laughs> it, 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 that's what I try and do with my characters—make them all archetypes that everybody can relate to in some way. Mm-hmm. Like Aunt Banny, we all have a, have somebody in our family like that. You know, oh, just yeah. there's nothing nothing going to please them. They're always looking for a fight,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, you know, every family's got one. Sometimes more than one, <laughs> and you know, oh, yeah. but but it's all it's all in good fun, and. Um, And that's, that's where the best comedy comes from is, is real
0: life. Yeah, definitely. So do you have any last words for our listening audience? Well, first, thank you for having me
2: on. And I just, uh, uh, if you have a dream, pursue it. Uh, even if you, if you have to do it part-time, even if you just have to do a trickle-down system, sooner or later, momentum will build for you. And it's always when you least expect it, because whether you're working on it full-time or part-time, you have to realize that God is working on it with you all the time and he has big plans for you. He created you for his purpose and don't fight him on it. Just, just, just go with it and your life will be truly blessed.
0: Absolutely, Phil. Thank you so much for being on my show, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of your work and any events that you um, that come up. I'm going to actually try to go down to the Dickinson on the Strand because I've never been there, and and I want to see you perform again.
2: I'm supposed to do six shows a day. Okay. I don't know. I don't have the schedule just yet. But I will be doing six shows a day. And once I know uh, the stage I'll be on and my times, I will definitely get those to you.
0: All right. I really appreciate that. This is Althea with Wove Inspirations. You guys have an awesome day, awesome night. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to follow us, we are on Facebook at W O V E Inspiration as well as Instagram, W-O-V-E 2005. You can also leave us a comment, question, or if you would like to be a guest on this show, you can contact me at W-O-V-E 2005 at Yahoo.com. This is Althea Richardson. I hope you guys have an awesome day and keep moving forward.